can't win. He got checked, the champ. It's going to get desperate. But a champion becomes a legend. From, from, from the card leave in the pool. Gay dollars months ago. Here he comes. Boom, right over the top. But out the push, it is 15 lands clear. She'll have to pogo stick over the field to win from there. Strike me, pinky thread at the eye of the needle. Can he stay up? Head stayed all closing time. This could be set up for something special. Cassidy has to pull the whip. Welcome to the Racing and Sports in the Office preview podcast. Big days racing at Ramwick on Saturday, day two of the championships. We're hoping it is on Saturday, could be on Monday. Hoping the weather turns out all right. What's your 50-50 we race tomorrow? 66-33. That's where I'm I'm at. Well, you know they're going to be doing everything in their power to be racing tomorrow. So Yeah, it's worth a lot of money, right? Yeah. I suppose, I think the... um, for the horse people and the desperates, Mondays would be probably in the back of our minds. It's almost like, oh, go Monday. I want and hope for like hope for better weather and hope for a better surface because the racing deserves not that I've got no problem with heavy track racing, but it it deserves to be on a you know nice raceable heavy ground as opposed to I, you just don't want chaos because the card is um the card is jacked. Yeah, it's a really good. Really, I mean, so it should be right. It's one of the biggest days of the year there, but um, it is, it is a good card. I mean, how good was the tankard at Newcastle? I loved it. <laughs> I, sp- I mean, if you it has a lot to do with whether you back the winner, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the racing there it was, it was good. It's good racing there, but it's obviously, I don't know the numbers and can't really be bothered to find out. But I assume turnover suffers. Oh yeah, and obviously. Your Joe blows down at the pub, and I yeah, mean, they're, they're not. They're not there on Monday. Most of them aren't there on Monday, I suppose. So, I mean, who will be at the track on Monday as well? I will be. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be um, there. Yeah, no. So it did some. Um, it'd be an expensive decision, but I suppose, yeah, as I said, for diehards and horse folk, Monday's just fine. We'll watch it whatever day it is. It doesn't yeah. matter to us. Yeah, we will go through the group ones. And then we'll circle back. We cover the Bizarro in the Group 1s. We'll come back for the Dunno. And the highest rated, obviously, is very elegant in the QE, which we will touch on. But we'll go in race book order, kick off with the Oaks. I mean, are you surprised? But the Taylor Penrith Award winner is favourite for the Oaks at this stage. No, I mean, I, I suppose she's she's there on um, conditions, right? Because mm. there's not... Um, there's not a great deal to the the bear form of what she did last week, but it's the way she did it, and that's why she won the Pendrith Award because she was squealing away from them at the finish, and we're saying she was a lot better than the the bear result, and it was a pretty conclusive bear result mm. all the same. Three and a half, and we're you know I'm thinking three and a half probably should have been five and a half, six lengths last week, which would make her a um a big Adrian Knox winner, and yeah, I, I fully understand favoritism. I don't think there's um. There's a lot of meat on the bones there as a favourite. From a ratings point of view, it's all about hinged, right? This is the this is probably the only race that's a bit like last week where the you know, ratings-wise, who the best horse here or best-performed horse is here is not really open for debate, is it? I mean, who's who who's compiling ratings or 
what have you, and, and doesn't have hinged comfortably on top. No one, right? No one who's good at it. <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, so yeah, if she's she sort of sits there and it's like, okay, well, does she does she stay? I play Monte Carlo with this race, and I have her winning nearly a hundred percent of the time because I'm drawing from a pool of runs that are just better than these. Mm. She went us around. You placed in a cool more, and then. Took a good fangirl to, to knock her off last time. Slowly running, she had the favours hinged, but she's running to a good level and she's running to better than a typical Oaks winning level. So it's it straight up is just a test of um, stamina for her, isn't it? Well, she's built her ratings profile on races that have nothing to do with the Oaks. Yeah, it's not a bad way to put it. I mean, I suppose you'd have to say last start has something to do with the Oaks because the horse that I'd probably mark favourite is coming off that race, which would be like Gypsy Goddess looks the favourite to me mm. and she's off that race yeah her so run, it has her something run, to do with the Oaks <laughs> it has something but it's in terms of her running the trip it really had I don't no it wasn't a test of stamina in Newcastle no. no you're right it was a, a test of speed and soft track slowly run fast home now to a testing heavy 15 I don't give her much chance in the race yeah which is a, I mean you I gotta, gotta take I gotta a set against you, one I gotta tell you that is a big set to take like from a ratings point of view, because as I said, from a ratings point of view, she doesn't win quite a bit. She wins like mm. almost exclusively. Yeah. So it is. Um, I'm ignoring it. We're going full conditions. Because mm. I mean, that form relative to Honey Creeper beating Charity Spirit is. I mean, we're not in the same hemisphere, right? <laughs> it's a it's a different world. I think if Gypsy Goddess handles the track, she wins. She was clearly the best run for me, and I love David Van Dyke. He's the best. This was the grand final from day one. She was super prior to coming down. I mean, you're playing a bit fast and loose with the word best. He's a good trainer. <laughs> no, like uh, as in, I like how he approaches things. Yeah. yeah. Like he tells you what he's going to do at the start of the prep and then he does it. Mm-hmm. And if you listened to his interview in the morning of the Vinery, he said he'd be happy for out the back if we run top four, we've ticked the box. So Willie, if you backed it, you're sick. But he wrote her to instructions. Slaughtered to instructions. Slaughtered to instructions. She was really good clothes. I'm not 100% on a heavy track, but how can you be with all of them? That's the big box that Honey Creeper ticks, which you touched on in terms of conditions. But I think Gypsy Goddess at this trip is has the most talent, I think, from what we've seen so far. Yeah. I mean, it's fully tripped with her because I couldn't even even allowing for how far she finished. I mean, Hinge was better than her at Newcastle, but yeah, she she looks a more sure stayer, doesn't she? And where does your Adrian Knox winner Pink Ivory fit in? She she should have won the Adrian Knox. <laughs> um, by the Walrus, that's got Oaks written all over it. J Mac been crying J-Mac. out for this trip. Reeks of it. Reeks of it. She's getting all the um. All the Kiwi money and the Kiwi Oaks feel he's getting none of it. People love to find a Kiwi in an Oaks and a Derby. So, you know, they, they get a little Not bit... Not a bad of, tactic. Yeah. It hasn't been a terrible tactic. I had I look, it's actually not a great tactic either, to be honest. It probably gets a, a little bit more cred than it deserves. Another racing narrative that's not correct. Yeah. I, yeah. Is There's, that just sheer numbers? They beat 25% less horses across from Trentham to Ramwick. And from New Zealand over the last two years, they beat about 12.5% fewer horses when they come from New Zealand straight off the plane to Australia. So they, you know, I mean, I'm not telling anyone anything they don't 
know there, New Zealand racing has slightly less depth than Australian racing. The interesting mm. thing about New Zealand Oaks form is that they've either, in recent times, last 15 years, they've had three winners come off the New Zealand Oaks um, and uh, Rising Romance came off the Derby. But they haven't had any place getters since Boundless. So they've either been, it's, it's been, um, they're good enough to win and the impact value of, of runners across from there as well, which is slightly better than random, 1.23, 1.29, says that they, um, if they've got the right one, they win it, sure, but um, as a general rule, they beat less horses. So they're sort of, I mean, I'm not really saying anything that's beyond the path. Run closer to last than first. Okay. Yeah, she's not Bonneval. The thing you mentioned with New Zealand horses coming to Australia, you'd like to think we're getting the top of the tree as yeah, well. Yeah, I suppose that's what I'm saying. We don't often. When we do, sure, they beat us, but they, they can't just bring across anything. 104 Raiders like Lavilli and beat us as a general rule. So no. I suppose that's what I'm saying. Because ratings-wise, any off that New Zealand Oaks placing, look, she's got some sort of chance, probably better than the market's giving her, but I think the market's right. The good filly didn't come. Would she have been right in this? Luck Creek, yeah. Yeah, I don't know that she would have wanted it. They're probably happy they stayed home because it's she's got a turn of foot and I don't think she wants... I don't think she's necessarily a stamina filly. I think she's she's made, she's better than that. I think she's pretty good. So um, we'll see her when she gets here, But I, which is, I think, going to be in the spring. I think I read that somewhere or maybe I dreamt it. <laughs> but, yeah, she, you know, she's the example of she would come across and beat our fillies, but you, they can't send the second string as they get belted. Yeah. Got a lot of icing over there, but not as much cake. That's so, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so in summary, the fast ones can beat us, the slow ones, no. Yeah, that tends to be the way with all those racing trends, you know. <laughs> The fast horses tend to bust the trends and the slow ones don't. Yeah. yeah. Who would have thought? You can't win off Queanbeyan to a TJ Smith, but if I took that caveat of Queanbeyan, I reckon I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> the Sydney Cup, these races, I'll admit, are definitely more your bread and butter than mine. I'm not a fan of these staying races. For me, I'll be short because you'll be long. If no, st- I'm not actually. No, nothing. I don't really have a lot to say. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. I thought Stockman, it's, he's easy to find off the tankard. It's not a true handicap, unfortunately, but he still looks well-placed against the opposition. You can It draw. used to be. It was a much better race when it was a handicap. It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they need to sort that out. Yeah. I think the easy solution, I've been thinking about it because it annoys me every time this comes around, rather than release the weights, you release the ratings. And then when we get to Tuesday or whenever they want to declare the final field, you weight the race according to the ratings because it's different to the Melbourne Cup. They do the weights differently. And for instance, with Forbidden Love, obviously she's beat the handicapper to the Doncaster, but you keep her rating from when she nominated. And then post Doncaster, she gets the new rating, having won the weight for age races. I don't know why that wouldn't fix the problem because here the biggest issue for me is our best jockeys aren't able to ride in this race because it's too hard with the weights. Yeah, no, you're right. It's dumb. The only little thing, the only pushback you'll get there is from trainers who are obsessed with actual with actual weight rather than relative weight. They go, oh, you know, it's for them carrying 56 against a 51 minimum is 
very different to carrying 58 against a 53 minimum because they've got 58 now. Mm. Or they've got 60 kilos. That's the problem. They're not worried about relative weights. So you'll get some stupid pushback against that. But what you have to do when you get stupid pushback like that is take the phone off the hook and ignore them. (laughs) (laughs) Which I think would be a good idea in general. I mean, these are the rules. You set the rules and just do it. You answer phone calls from trainers the same way you answer phone calls from Nigeria. You don't. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, it's the fairest way of doing it. You're giving every horse equal opportunity. You're giving the best jockeys a chance to ride in the race. I understand tomorrow with a heavy 15, they're probably happy they are carrying 51 and 51 and a half. But I think for the race going forward, we need to sort these weights out because it doesn't look good. It's It's not a handicap, but... Even still, Stockman looks well-placed, deserved favourite. Who are the dangers? I think, I must say, it's actually, there are some interesting horses. Like, it's a good Sydney Cup, I think. Because there are some horses that hit it with a bit of... um, It's better for Dewey's not running. Yeah, although I would have sort of, it would have been fun to bet. I mean, she would have taken all the market, right? And we would just bet against her, it would have been great. But there are nice horses here all the same, I think. Chris Waller seems to saddle almost all of them. Crystal Pegasus, since he was finally pitched up over a trip, we're banging that drum like he's running over 2,000, over 2,000, over 2,000. He's from one of the great mile-and-a-half families in world racing. Um, he finally put him up over a trip and he's exploded. This is harder again, but there's a lot to like, I think. And he's got the two... Um, Trendy ones in, in Chalkstream and, and Surefire. They are real trendies, aren't they? Mm. Surefire's a, a nice horse. I He'd run into Siskani and, and even Sir Lamarack at Royal Ascot last year. Like That's um, that's flashy handicap form. They're the sort of handicaps that um, that turn horses in. You know, they're handicaps for future group horses, which here he is. Blinker's um, first time. Yeah, I think there's... Um, so I thought it was interesting that he was outside Chalkstream in the betting and Chalkstream seemed to get that's I think that's squared off mm. but that seemed a little bit strange because Chalkstream all of a sudden seemed buzzy and I think that's because he was in accepted in the weaker race last week so he's all priced up off the chairmans which didn't have the depth and and then that price sort of even though he didn't run and that price only existed in the ether it had a, an impact on the early prices here when I looked at them because I thought that was strange. Because I, th- I think Surefire might be – there's not a lot in it, but I thought Surefire was probably a little bit more untapped and certainly had had been at least a bit better than Chalkstream in his two runs here, right? Chalkstream was wide throughout, stuck on. Yeah. That was the big push. Oh, was that the thing, was it? Yeah, I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> and the interesting little blowout, 21 runs. Is it 21? 27 runs on from his heavy track derby win. The Angel. Where he beat the chosen one into third or fourth. The Angel turns up the derby winner. Derby winner in a Sydney Cup with 51. It's max bet, isn't it? <laughs> there's been a um, a few misses along the way since then, but um, there's actually a few good runs in there as well. Tancred run. It was a Ramvet run. He ran third in the Ramvet last year. He's been okay Third in the Rambit again this year, a long way away, but there's no Montefilia very elegance in this. We're talking promising handicappers, not established stars. Um, 
So I thought he was he had to be pretty interesting. I thought Angel of Truth, and he's going to be. If this got really sloggy, you don't want to be one. They won't ride Stockman like back and try and quicken, surely, will they? You're looking at me like they will. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that because that would just be. Um, I don't think he's going to be. No one's going to be really quickening through the mud. So Angel of Truth's ability to get up and grind mm. is. Um, Appealing, I suppose that's probably the appeal of Knight's Order as well. But um, he did get beaten in a terrible race last week. Quick backup, gay leads. Mm, I mean, I like all those things, as you know, but I just wonder whether he's any good. Mm. I think if Stockman runs up to form, he wins. Yeah, like he's yeah. best horse. Yeah, well, I think the chosen one is the best horse, but. He is the only horse handicapped. Mm. He does have a handicap. I've seen him race. I'd have Stockman ahead of him. Yeah, I'd probably never think Stockman had run placed in a Caulfield Cup behind Very Elegant and Anthony Van Dyke myself. In fact, I'd <laughs> that ain't ever going to happen. But um, <laughs> Reason for? Yeah, no, the chosen one's been placed in a Sydney Cup and run in a series of Melbourne and Sydney Cups and is a really, really good stayer. Trainer goes all right. And the trainer is, um, and I tell you what, the jockey, I was having a look through the, some like jockey stuff we do. Hugh Bowman, as you know, you've been saying how good's Hugh riding. He does stand out. So he's been improving horses. And improving horses is really hard on wet tracks because we're talking about on average here. So over a bulk of runs and well, you can't use average, you've got to use median because horses on three months of wet tracks, there's a lot of horses that run a long way below form, right? So that's, your average is completely skewed. So, But you can cut it down the middle and even still down the middle is hard because you've got so many horses falling off a cliff on wet tracks and running way below form on wet tracks. Um, but he is improving horses, which is stands out amongst jockeys through the big wet queue. But there is one other. There's one here that I found that is outriding him. Best jockey in the big wet. And you're surprised? Uh, no, because we've plugged him on here before. I, I, we're almost getting close to friend of the show territory. Sam Clipperton. Is he? Clippo. So jockeys aren't improving horses because of what I just said. And I'll, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of sting in the left-hand tail, if you like, if you think about it as like a distribution. Um, so a lot of jockeys that are riding probably perfectly well, the median is zero because not a lot of horses are mm. you know, more are failing than improving. Um, but he's improving horses since the start of the big wet, since La Nina. Really flexed its muscle. Improving horses, four pounds. And his impact value is 2.42 in that time. So he's having a genuine impact. So, I mean, impact value is not untangled from the quality of the horses you're getting on. So that's, you know, he's getting on the right horses as well as improving horses. So he's riding well and he's getting on the right horses. That's a good combination, I don't need to tell you. Let me tell you. Best chance, obviously, he's on Marzu. In the Arrowfield? Ah, that's where I was looking, I think. And then he comes home with Emanate in the last. I'd say there is two main chances. But so hard in Sydney, especially now with the Wizard around, to get... He's going just fine. Yeah. Huey's gone to... I mean, he's always up the top of the tree. Yeah. You know, but he is, I think... Are we saying saying that there is... I mean, it makes some sort of sense to me that there would be wet, you know, jockeys who thrive in those sort of scenarios and the way those races are run, they write... That maybe that suits a bowman. Well, neither, seemingly suits a Clipperton. Neither of us are jockeys and have never ridden a horse, so we wouldn't know. But I feel like 
heavy tracks obviously very very different it's all about balancing and able to build momentum at the right time and that's all bowman isn't it yeah it sounds about right i mean it's he's good he's a good jockey so it makes a makes a whole lot of sense but i mean a lot of the good jockeys i mean aren't riding anywhere near the same numbers that that he's riding so it seems like he stands out over the last three months but it might just it's a very big leap to just say yeah because it's the wet but i think he's riding in rare form anyway yeah like Jay Max improving him one, like a pound. And we've still been having an impact because he gets on all the right horses. Nash is a bit the same, not getting on quite as many good horses, but so not having the same impact as James, but he's improving him the same. Karen's Karen wants the sun to come back out. Tommy's okay. Karen's riding very below for him at the moment. Yeah. Hoping he can bounce back on the weekend, but my machine is uh is broken, so you're not getting Jason Collard. I'm sorry. Well, we're just going to assume that he will be up there, <laughs> because if anything, I know. Don't tell me another racing narrative wrong <laughs> that Jason isn't the best heavy track rider. Now I'm desperate to prove it. But should be, yeah, should be a good race. I know I've got him. Yeah, median zero, impact value one point five. So he's getting on the right horses and going okay. Yeah, but that's it. That's expected. Yeah, I'm going to pretend. He's, so, no, he's no hue or clipper, though, that's for sure. That's Not in the wet. Sure. And I mean, how many, yeah, how many good rides were Clipper to be getting as well, which probably makes those numbers even more impressive? Well, I mean, yeah, he's got to be getting on some good horses, right? Because mm. he's, he's having an impact. He's riding winners. He's riding 2.4 winners for every one that he would at random. So he's getting on some good horses. Good to see, because he's one of the genuine nice guys in racing. Push on. Push on. The big one. I find this race, the QE, anyone who's overly confident in this race, I think you're sort of kidding to yourself a little bit. For me, this is a who's your favourite player, who's your favourite team, because it's it's take your pick into I don't think there's a great deal between them, and I think you're going to be swayed by which one's put the most money in your pocket in the last sort of 12 months. Because Team Jewess... They're going to be up and about. If you back Monophilia last start, why would you jump off? Star Animo, very elegant, grand final. And then you've got Zaki off the All-Star Mile, and that's ignoring Thunderstruck. Think it over. What a race. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. It's a, You're right, it's a hard race to have a, a bet in too because that market looks... So I liked very elegant, but that's very tight. And she seems to be... Are we pricing this up on... Like her two to one against these is... Um, we're pricing this up off the Melbourne Cup peak. Is yep. that what we're doing? And how relevant is that here? We're just saying, well, look, Chris Waller peaks them, therefore runs peak, therefore wins. But that's you know, good ground two miles. This is heavy ground 2,000 metres. The 2,000 metre ratings aren't really – they're not two to one here. Is she shorter because Nature Strip won last week? <laughs> <laughs> I Maybe in these markets, when the um, when the real betting starts tomorrow, surely if that is the case, it won't it won't be. I couldn't. Ba- I mean, I I really would like to back her here because I thought I had a good opinion out of the Rambit, where I think a lot of people were like, "Oh, gee, that was a disappointing run." And I was like, "That was perfectly fine. I think it's better than her chipping Norton win. I think she's tracking perfectly to peak." And then I thought, "Yeah, I'd, I'd have a nice opinion." And 
Anima would be the really trendy, sparkly favourite, shiny new toy, everyone would gravitate to it, but this hasn't happened. Montefilia, same sort of thing. I thought Montefilia's gone better than people realise there and it doesn't look as pretty as Duace and they're going to get this wrong and it's, you know, Duace is going to be priced up three times shorter than Montefilia. No, that's got, I think it was a little bit early, but that's cleaned up, common sense restored. I mean, Zaki's my enemy. Don't want anything to do with him, even though we did back him last time, but enough of him. Boo him onto the track. Um, you like to think these markets are the ones that are the most efficient. Yeah, like but not now. What do you mean? I mean, Thursday markets aren't. Oh, but have they been betting on it for so long? It's all there for everyone but, to see. But have they? Oh, well, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I think no, it's an interesting market. So, is it, uh, to me, I'm like, okay, how is this? Why, why, why are people not gravitating to the usual trendy things that they would? And so, okay, we're saying very elegant Melbourne Cup winner, and we're forecasting that she returns to that level. I think it's a bit optimistic, even though I like the way she's going. I still think that's optimistic because she hasn't done it at two thousand meters. She's one of the best two miles I've ever seen. She's run over two miles twice. She's run past two thousand meters once in two years. Dear me. Um. And Animo just won like a bomb last start. But I thought it was a – I thought the eyes guys would be keener on that than the ratings guys and that would be an opinion I'd have as well. But he's almost getting out to being the bet there. I think the setback is what's flipped the market. The setback. We had a, a little sniffle. Mm. I mean – Because the market flipped before – Well, then that won't – that'll fix up tomorrow because the, the real market's not going to care about that. The real market goes – sniffles. We default to James. James is a good trainer. I mean, uh, James isn't turning up there with this big star cult. But you know you say how the early markets do anchor these markets? So the market had flipped prior to final field. So she was always going to open up favourite. Yeah. Whereas he was favourite all the way through until the setback and then they flipped. So that's what it is. It's a We're forecasting a lot out of Very Elegant and, I mean, she's got a reputation as a wet tracker as well, mm. even though her now career peak is on good ground. Shh. <laughs> Um, and a setback for Animo, which if James turns up here and puts a saddle on him and tells everyone it's fine, I don't see how you can... I mean, how how much weight do you put on that piece of information and not on the piece of information that's actually happening in front of your eyes, which is James going to the races with Animo. You'd rather people want to deal with, like, whispers instead of what's, you know, right in front of their face, which is a good cult with a good trainer. Mm. Is it the 20-year... Three-year-olds haven't won. Oh, <laughs> you busted that myth. Yeah, so just we touched on this in the podcast after he won the Rose Hill Guineas. So only 16 three-year-olds have ran in the QE in the last 20 years. So they've made up 8% of the participants. They obviously haven't won, but in 60 places they filled 8%. So they're basically doing – and four have run second. So either of those turn the tables, all of a sudden you want to back a three-year-old in the QE, which is, I think, what you want all the time. You want to back. Three-year-olds have a great record in all majority of the wave rage races. Why would this be any different? And in the last 10 years, Mwanga's been the only runner. So I'll tell you what, it's pretty hard to win a race when you don't participate. Almost impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I think Very Elegant has to get out. Yeah. I think Anna, be, that's uh, the summary from all that waffle, isn't it? The Duace and Montefilia are about right, and the other two should be quite closer. Tighter, yeah. I guess. I almost reckon it's $4 a field, really. Yeah, like $4 favourite. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's about where I, I would. I thought I would mark very elegant four dollar favorite and be betting. It's not happening. Not at the moment. No. Not at this stage. Do you give the Doncaster form any chance back up? He's got to be some chance. First time we get to see him beyond a mile. I don't think heavy tracks his go though. I think if it's a dry track last week, he wins. Yeah, I mean, I, that's sort of, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got him running to his absolute best last week on, on a heavy. So it's to turn around and say, I mean, he ran out of his skin, didn't he? He did. I think he's I think he's fine on a heavy, based on that. He yeah. doesn't know. He, does, he wants to dry, he wins. Well, he ran as well as he runs. It's opportunity, though. Yeah. Like, he was, was always going to run a new peak in a handicap. When yeah. you're at the well, top I didn't of the have, I don't know. I mean, I don't have him running a new peak there. I just have him running the same race. And I think he's he's run that race a lot. I keep thinking he's a bit better than that. And I still do. I thought his all-star mile run said as well that he's not – he's right on Zaki's hammer. Mm. But my read of that market there is not that that means I want to shorten Thunderstruck to Zaki. It's that I want to drift Zaki to Thunderstruck. Yeah, I think Zaki will get out. I wouldn't be surprised if the two mares start inside Zaki. Actually, I'm not surprised. I expect him to. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, which is interesting because you wouldn't have thought that six months ago, I suppose, and he's done. <laughs> you wouldn't have thought that at the start of the prep and he's done nothing wrong. No. And yet he's falling out of favour. He's never really been in favour with us. No, I've been trying to get him beat for a long time. God bless him last start though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he's won a lot of good races. Mm. But he hasn't been, yeah, he's still got that Doom and Cup performance there, which, I mean... What's he beaten? But the figure was great at Doombin and it was I think he's been a couple of pounds below that since. But he's been really consistent. And it's good enough to keep him on their toes. I just don't think he's got Yeah, I don't know what I think about him to be honest. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a I don't know, but I'm just sort of against him. The interesting thing for for Zaki, I think, in this race is the bulk of the race is gonna be alongside each other. So very elegant's gonna tag Animo. Juas is going to tag very elegant, and I'm guessing Montefilia is going to settle inside Animo. That's how I would map it. You've got Zaki out in front. Are they going to be playing? So Zaki leads. Is it, so Zaki the trendy map horse. He'll lead, and not really sure. Like think it over on heavy ten. I mean Nash probably goes forward. Mount Popper shouldn't be in the race, but I'd imagine they're going to roll. What else are they going to do? You go back, you can't win. So you might as well at least throw your hat in the ring. Yeah, I mean, I because of because he might add some pressure to the front end I'm very happy that Mount Popper is in the race mm. cheer him onto the track champion and he won last, oh, he's last winner yeah the yeah it's a bit harsh I'm wondering how this all plays out is Jamie Carr going to be able to get away with murder in front while everyone's worrying about themselves at the back because James is pretty much going to wait or he's going to try and flush Tommy out on Animo and then Josh is just going to Store very, well, very elegant. elegant. Very elegant wants to turn this into a slog. Mm. She She's wants. She wants to make this as hard as possible. She's. Pl- she wants to play this off the black tees. She doesn't want to turn this. But uh, the conditions are going to do that for her anyway. This isn't going to be one with a cute turn of foot. The little niggle with Juice, you know, drawing out there. The and the way that she's won. I mean, entitled to be, but Josh Parr's getting onto Juice, and he's got to feel a million bucks getting on her, right? Oh, for she's, sure. And she's just given him this weapons grade turn of foot to win a pair of Group Ones. So he's going to be so confident in her, mm. and as I said, completely justified. 
but he'll happily sit out the back and smoke the pipe and feel a million bucks. But all of a sudden, like this is going to be hard to round them up. <laughs> so it could, you know, that confidence could come a cropper. If that, you know, it, it, it's all a bit too simple. If mm. You know what I mean? Once she draws widest, he doesn't have to think about anything other than how good's my filly. I'm just going to track. Yeah. And then, you know, that this is harder than rounding up the chosen one on Stockman. A Not bit. that she didn't do it spectacularly, but you know what I'm saying. And then we've got the best wet track rider drawn inside. Oh, the best wet track rider. I didn't know that um, Sam Clipperton had a ride here. <laughs> so it's going to be, I think it's going to be very, it's going to be an exciting race to watch because there is a point where I think Jamie is going to get away with murder in front and then Tommy's going to wait and James is going to wait and whoever makes the first move, then they're going to pair off and then, yeah, it's it's going to be a ripper. I feel like Very Elegant's going to be... So Zaki leads, you reckon? Well, I reckon Very Elegant will be on his hammer. I reckon he'll press. You think James going forward? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon they want to turn this into "Come and get me." I reckon he'll take off. He won't go forward. It's like, um, I mean, of all the rides that get hoopla, because it was her moment. The Melbourne Cup was all about very elegant. The horse. Oh no, it was about James as well to some extent. But I, I felt like that ride. When you watch the replay of that. And, you know, I'm not a replays guy, but I, that replay I can watch because that ride on Very Elegant in the Melbourne Cup was maybe, for me anyway, I, I can't think of a, I don't really care about these things, so I don't think about it too often, but that ride for me was sporting-wise the best ride I can remember. Yeah. Because he, and the beauty of it is that it doesn't look tricky. No. Because what he did is he, he was so good he made it look simple. It was, it was brilliant. But he had, but what he did there was he was not passive. Mm. He didn't hurry, but he yet let her – and I, this is the same situation. Isn't it? This is the big money grand final. He'll jump out. He'll roll in like he'll be in the race. He'll make sure she's breathing fire at, and on – there's no way Zaki's sitting there at the top of the rise without pressure. Very elegant's at him by then. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. James so will take – I'm just going to say how long – when is James going to flush Tommy out? Is what's going to be interesting, or he's going to? But lock isn't it. Tommy drawn inside him? Yeah, so he's going to. So James is going to be behind Animo. I don't think so. You reckon it's going to be? Yeah, the other way? I don't think they would do that. This isn't. This isn't the Rambert. They're not just. They're not playing games here. No, he'll. This is. He'll get this exactly right. But in terms of settling, I think he she will settle behind him. It's when James takes off. That's what I'm saying. When's he going? I don't to flush? think that either. You reckon they'll go forward? Oh, I think they'll be in the first three well, or four. There is not a lot of speed here in I'd, this race. Yeah, I'd, I'd be I'd be really surprised if she was second half. Looking at that, James is very good at this. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not. I love James. I'm and not I, James that. is good at this, and he knows what he's got. He also knows what Animo's got. There's an idea of what Zaki's got too. Mm. So he won't be slipping that. He won't be slipping him too much rope. He knows what's there, and he knows he's um. He can stay two miles. On testing ground. Although the idea that a 2,000 metre race, no matter how testing the ground, is is anything like two miles. You know, sometimes they go, a 1,200 metre race, you know, on this ground it'll be like 1,400. Like, I don't want to go all maths nerd on you, but you only need to run some very basic sums to figure out that that's complete nonsense, right? (laughs) It's like, um, I've done the sums on this. If you took the full range of values, like Randwick 1,200, like the the difference from the the fastest to the, it's like 50 metres. So, and that's from fastest to not normal. So, yeah. it's, you, you know, it's, 
oh, it'll be so taxing, this 1,200 on the heavy ground, it'll be more like 1,225 metres as opposed to 1,200. Or th- this might be like a 2040, more like a Cox Plate trip. It's not. That doesn't sound as good, though. Oh, no. Oh, this will be like a mile and a half. It's like, no, they're not going to be out there for another 30 seconds, guys. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> How slow do you think they're going? <laughs> so final lean is very elegant, but the price is too short. I can't say that's my lean then. I'd, I'd say if I'm having someone puts a gun to my head right now and says, has a bet in that, it's probably Animo. A reluctant Animo. You? I'm very elegant. Even at the two to one, you've got to like, I suppose when someone's got a gun to your head, you're not worried about long term value, <laughs> are you? If I. Uh... Well, the gun, <laughs> well, the gun's against my temple, but, you know, I'm all about that long term ROI. <laughs> very elegant. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we'll get better tomorrow. So if you put me in the corner and you say you've got to pick one, yeah. you know, I've got to pick my team, I want, I want team very elegant. Yeah, I'm probably looking forward to it more as a sporting contest than a betting contest unless mm. they bet. I mean, the dirty, filthy bookmakers bet 7-2 to two very elegant and then I'd get excited. But is that going to happen? No. Optimistic, huh? I think... I'm pro- an optimist. I'd say 5-2 to two is rock bottom, but I'm... Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm probably. I reckon they'll bet that. I'm not sure how much better they'll bet than that. Nah, it looks pretty screwed down. Do they bet props in these big races? I could probably, if he's genuine outsider, I'd be half interested in having something on Thunderstruck to beat Zaki head to head prop. You get your chance. Someone probably does that, and they probably bet a dollar seventy-five each side. Yuck. Quick shout out to the QE. Better than the Cox Plate. Sydney rules. That's how we're going to sign off the Queen Elizabeth. The Queen of the Turf. <laughs> the two favourites for the uh, Queen Elizabeth ran second and third in the Cox Plate. All right, next race. Oh, one. <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, you've got the place getters at the top of your market, you mugs. <laughs> we actually had the winner, but we won't talk about that. The Queen of the Turf. This was the Bizarro with Yonts in mm. single figures. She's one of yours. Yeah, I think she's really good and she's way unders. Because I thought she I thought she flatlined a bit last start. Although I've thought that. I mean, we've been banging the drum. You just trust this stable, right? Mm. But I, yeah, see, I thought that at Caulfield when she she fell, she, they backed her off the map at, a, at third up at 1400. And I thought oh, she she ran a flat one there. Got away with that one. And then she's had three more runs since, and she's got pluses all over her form. And, and you know, the win over Gentleman Roy was um, she was absolutely cartwheeling away. And so she, both of her Flemington Mile run, the both of her mile wins, she had two runs at a mile, and both have been brilliant sectionally. Mm. But this is um, different ball game, and I thought she was. Another slowly run race last start, so she didn't get a chance to really flex and and put her authority in, on the race. But um, it's still four miles short of Colette's ice baths. Even her stable mate Lighthouse. I mean, she wanted Coolmore ice baths backing up off a big Doncaster placing, which she doesn't. Are you going to tell me she's? I didn't actually look, but she's got a great seven day record, right? Ice bath. Mm. It's funny. Last week, kind of stupid. Really, I didn't didn't even realise. Going into the Donny, I'm like, what's he doing? Her, all her career peaks are off backups through her career. And I'm like, why is he? Why didn't he run her going into the Donny? 
And then I'm like, oh, well, then he was always going to back her up here. So, yeah, all of her peaks have been on a seven-day backup. The knock for me is Barrier 15 and Kieran McAvoy. It's funny, in my mind, Colette and Ice Bath have raced a lot. They've only raced twice, which was the Golden Eagle where there was nothing between them. And the Apollo, uh, first up, they ran second and sixth. So I think Colette brings, I guess, the better form and probably deserves to be favourite given the map advantage she's going to have. What th- Colette has that Ice Bath didn't have, doesn't have is a similar peak but just an absolute wave of the same rating underneath mm. it, whereas yeah. Ice Bath is more like she's a heart attack graph, yeah. whereas Colette is just – I mean, she, did, she had excuses in the – that Chipping Norton, that very elegant one, was all str- – like that's there were plenty of good horses in there, but it was a quirky bit of form, mm. and she had an excuse there. But other than that, she's just a rock, which Ice Bath – isn't but ice bar that you say she might be she's more a setter and peaker. She's a rock if you look at if you isolate her form for when you expect it to come. Yeah, yeah. But I know what you're saying. So from a yeah ratings perspective, I think you know Colette is entitled to be favourite. But I think there is, I mean, we're talking down Yonce's chances and how she's hideous under. So there's got to be value in the race somewhere. And Fangirl Barrier Sixteen Heavy Ten, I get it. But gee, she's big odds for a really, really nice winner of the Vinery. Three-year-olds have a great record in it. They've won five of the last 20, only 16% of the participants. Elise and Fox play the most recent to win this, coming off the Vinery, where they both ran fourth. She's won the Vinery in good style of Duller. He's flying. She, for me, is the clear bet in the race. Yeah, double figures. She seemed to me to be front of house with Ice Bath and Colette as the three... Big dogs. They're the three one fifteen and better horses on well, Lighthouse as well. But she might be f- starting to feel a little tired. It's probably unfair, but sure. There's a couple of backups in there. Um yeah, I thought she was I thought she was one of the three options to be favourite with Colette and Ice Bath and she's double figures. Mm. So that makes her a pretty simple bet to, to have, I think. Sixteen not an issue because they're gonna be I mean, we're saying they're throwing mud. The last thing you want to be, you know back, I mean? <laughs> back in the rut, getting that thrown in your face. She's going to be out of out of the mud. I think, you know, she slid forward last time. Slide forward again. Mm. She's strong as well. Is the knock that people are looking at the two fails on heavy and then got onto slightly better ground? Although we're still, I think, heavy at Newcastle, but we're touching on it. But better. But are we thinking? Ah, oh, she was disappointing on the heavy because I'm thinking the surround. Fifth in the surround and fourth in the far lap were pace related, not heavy ground related. Oh, completely pace related. We yeah. talked about the far lap. The four four best last two hundred meters of the day were in that race. Yeah, she had no chance from where she was. No. And then Huey put her in the race, and all of a sudden, she's back. That great wet track rider. I don't think she's back. I think she's got put into the race. Yeah, I agree. I that's what I think, and that's probably why we both think she should be bang in the market. And maybe there's you know people who are sitting there counting heavy track stats. Are going oh, <laughs> don't worry about it, guys. I I mean she's been great to me, so I'm obviously and twelve dollars. It's it's such a historical profile thing, yet she's twelve dollars. I don't get it. Like she ticks every box, barring the draw, and we're saying the draw's not going to be bad. It's the a bit the like Animo, where like you feel like he's the they should be the one you're against because they should be all trendy. Mm. Yeah, it's I found it strange, and one I want to give another chance to. I was big on a Anavisto. I just don't think everything went right for her at Newcastle and I'm happy to make an excuse they went too slow, wasn't her go. 
I think it's a different scenario tomorrow in the big field. High pressure mile, I'm hoping. Not sure about the heavy 10 with her. But on her first up win, she just has to be better than what she did at Newcastle. So she's one. I'll be having something on as well. She's she's the anti-Colette. Yeah. She's got no, like, there's just no wave underneath with her. She's got a, a big bit of talent in there, but she runs. She's her own worst enemy, isn't she? Like, she does, still does a bit wrong. Like, she got too keen. She got and too keen the other day. Uh, maybe the reason, I mean, the reason, I understand why Colette's favourite, but part of that reason as well is that, you know, she's probably a box ticker. That's probably because she's so reliable. It's hard to see that she's not somewhere in the finish, but you don't just want to be in the finish, you want to win. It's funny, she ran really well first up and then ran a stinker, and then she ran better in the rider, but the rider form's been garbage. So I don't think the rider form has been garbage. Oh, six out for nothing. Oh, yeah, but they ran well. Mm. I'm just saying, it's interesting. But it was a slowly run race, and she was good. Oh, I think she was, she was good. She stays a mile well. It's J-Mac middle draw and she's got the best form. That's why she's favourite. <laughs> Put it like that. We want to touch on the Dunner. There's two actually early on in the day that I understand their favourite. Jeez, it's hard to mark them that short. The South Pacific as well, that Lock Eagle. He beat Waller's smart horse at one last weekend. So that form jumps off the page. But he's 210. And we don't make that form any really any better than anything else in the field. It's a clump of the same horse. And they're all at a decent level for that. So I thought we'll come back to that. But with the Percy Sykes, Paris Dior, off the trolls, you don't want to back anything else. But as Adam always likes telling me, what have they actually done on the racetrack? And she hasn't done much. But the, I guess, better perform fillies in the race have had more opportunity so I understand that but Magic Carpet for me is probably the one that looks well over the odds at the moment she's almost double figures and if you want to do your form lines you know she ran well behind she's extreme who is arguably the second well she is the second best filly we have and nice trial in between kept fresh handles are going yeah, I thought there was opportunity there because I think, to be honest, $3 for me would be rock bottom Paris Dior and she's trading well short of that. I thought she would be soft because I feel she was the all-in market, had a 350. She opened 350 and I thought that was sort of going to be the bottom but then she's been smashed and I'm not sure what's going to happen. She might just be better than them. That might, Yeah, that might change tomorrow when the deep-pocketed modelers get involved and the... Watch the trials. Believe your eyes, boys. Start to get muscled out of the market a little bit. She might be good and and we're desperate for good ones because the rest aren't. Mm. I thought, does Ohai? Good on the slipper. Ohai might have a, um, a, I haven't seen it, what's the point? Give me a market. So Paris, you're 250, Willinga Beast 8, Ohai 850, Magic Carpet 10. Yeah. So, the, yeah, a nice maiden winner and a trial horse priced up ahead of a, you know, she's she's no star, oh hi. No. But she's she has form, solid form. She's done it essentially three runs in a row and she didn't have much chance, which had absolutely no chance in truth at Rose Hill, the hot rail, when she was back first up and ran good late splits. So what, you know, let's... Let's give her plenty of credit for that and put her into the finish of that where she probably should have been on another day. She's run rock-solid ratings 
right throughout six of them. She's pretty appealing, I would have thought. For all that, she's not much good, but I don't... If Parish Dior isn't the star that the trials, the trial pervs want to tell us that she is, and if she um, if she comes unstuck on race day or runs to the same level of form that she has, I mean, we've already seen it three times on race day, and she's basic as well, mm. if she's not way better now. As I'm being told she is, but, you know, she's on the form book. She's got nothing that the others can't match. I think she's a belter is... Interesting, over from WA, so they actually, they didn't sell it. They've given it to Snowden. Set it for something. Still in it, which is, you know. Stay out of the way of that Amelia's tank. (laughs) Maybe they got told to get out of here. But, (laughs) yeah, I thought she's trialled well. They've given her the exact same prep, so as Paris Dior, except Paris Dior trialled on Monday, she's a belter, didn't. But ran similar times. If you look at the times around the trials, she ran similar. So I think she has to fit in there somewhere. Because her wins, her, that win at Pinjarra when last seen was awesome at Pinjarra. So generally the two-year-olds don't stack up over from WA. But I didn't run Pinjarra to Ramwick. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that I'd get many observations. No. And yeah, interesting to see how she does measure up. But I think there is a bit of opportunity there if you want a better away from Paris Jewel with the fillies that have the, uh, I guess, the better form in the race. And the South Pacific... Tell me about the South Pacific. So you got Lock Eagle, who's favourite, and it all looks nice. He's beating the smart horse of Wallers, but clearly Wallers horses. Because Straight Aaron won very well last week, it doesn't make him faster. Obviously, Straight Aaron was first up there, completely different going up in trip. I don't actually have much between what Lock Eagle did and what Valana did on the same day. I know Lock Eagle was over 1,400, but if you do your time comparison, there's actually not a great deal between them at all. And then you've got Cotillo for Johnny O'Shea, who was first up gelded there. He was no hope from where he was positioned in the race. They rode him back, and his closing splits were as good. And he's close to $20 on the weekend. They backed him to beat Halal second up last prep. Who are they? Who well, are these people? The big pockets in the Stan Fox. He was off the map. And now you're getting $20 in the South Pacific. He's, you know, really good run first up. I thought he was a great bet. There's a lot of... The annoying thing about this race, I reckon you can have a lot of great bets. There's a lot of yeah. horses here that are too big. And then Lock Eagle comes out and wins and you get nothing for it. But I can't not back that. Yeah, you can. You go to your bookmaker and say, yeah, but can we run that a thousand times? They say, no, we're paying out on this one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was know, interested in the top one. Did you, give, did you have a look at him? Zethus, I he thought f- he overachieved a little bit. Mm. Particularly fresh. He falls into the basket. If you look at the ratings array of horses in this race, they're all the same. Mm. And he's right in there. Yeah. He interested me at that price, actually, because I, I didn't think a lot of him. And then I thought, first up behind Generation, he was, as I said, I think he overachieved a little bit there. And I, yeah, and we're talking form here that's not any better than that. Mm. So that's interesting. And he's had the little re, I mean, who knows, heavy, we don't know most of them, but. He's had the little reboot for James. James target these sort of races with these horses. He had a he had a likely type sort of vibe about him, but I suppose the point you're making, plenty of them have that. Can you shed a bit of light on Greenbelt? I think he's a really nice horse. I'm surprised. So he comes up second pick in the early betting. Mm. That surprises me somewhat. He is a um, he went very fast and kept going at Sandown. And so he ran fast time and 
probably overdid it a little bit. So he'd strongly run mile. So back to fourteen hundred, he's he's probably I assume he's probably Brisbane bound. Mm. So he is the same project, same sire, same colours as Bow and Declare, and I assume they're thinking three year old up to Brisbane. He's actually I'm ninety percent sure he's one of the ones they bought out of the US sales. So he's actually Northern Hemisphere three year old. So he's six months behind them as well. Um, yeah, I think he's a, a really nice horse and a, a good little project and he's another one that fits in there. I've got him last start win every bit as good as Lock Eagles. Mm. But 1,400, probably going to Queensland. This might just be a step on the way. He seems short. Sure, I'm not interested in backing him at, at that price. I'm interested in him as a horse, but I'm not interested in having a bet. What is Ben the Knee doing in the market there? Is he, I, I had it in my head that he wasn't much good. Yeah, I don't think he is much good. I suppose he's twelve dollars. When I say in the market, he's not. You know, I think yeah, the Mazu form, yeah, looks okay. okay. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, again, his ratings are actually touching on where the rest of them are, but it's just he's had he's had chances. I think I can. Eat, I've marked Katil's second pick and quite comfortably and comfortable in that position. He got back. He's drawn inside of Dullaby a lot closer there on the weekend. It's funny, then you got that mixed moment who looked a really nice horse early doors and just hasn't done it. Gone pair. Mm. So it's, oh, it's Mazu as well. Mazu, Mazu. The Mazu form. Yeah, I mean, his Coolmore run was maybe flattering because of where he was relative to that fast pace, but um, at the same time, it was, you know, that was a fast race. Yeah. <laughs> and a fast race and he held up okay. He didn't, um, he got beaten five, not 15, so... At that stage, he has the right sort of talent to get involved in this, but you're right, he's, he's been just back in the ruck in two runs this time. One of the races of the day, I reckon. It's certainly on. an interesting betting race because you're right, you can make a... Um, there's a favourite that's easy enough to... you know Obvious, but easy enough to oppose and plenty of interesting ones to oppose it with. I look forward to taking good odds, Katil and... Running second. Yeah, can't wait. That wraps <laughs> us up. Thanks, guys.